They are listening to Sonic Podcast Adventure, the world's most way past cool Sonic podcast. My name is Shawnee, and I am joined as always by... I am Chris Dobbins, and we are not joined by anybody else today. It's just us two. Uh, well, we did, and then they disappeared on us. They were suddenly raptured away, honestly. It's really weird. We're kind of scared. <laughs> Where is this coming from, Sean? I thought I we were know. just going to be, be be genuine. I'm sorry. <laughs> Should we start over? <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, yeah, no, hi, hi folks. Uh, we're just doing a kind of a chill one. We, we, um, we didn't have anything super like scheduled ahead. So we just decided to like, uh, do an episode on the first Sonic game. Uh, we were streaming it, uh, a few hours ago. If you're listening to this, it was uh, a few days ago. Uh, and yeah, we just wanted to talk about like the original game, the history kind of like the, I guess really the effect on the franchise cause it created the franchise, but like, yeah, I, I think uh, a good one that, that we haven't done. We've been doing a lot of like specific areas of focus, I think. So it's good to just kind of get back to a game. And the first game is a good one that we uh, should have covered by now in 26 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing today? A <laughs> uh, little sleepy, but uh, I, I, I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I'm sleepy, but like. Like I said, we, we hadn't super planned ahead recording, so it's just kind of like it's half impromptu. So my brain's just kind of like, yeah, Sonic, man. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a very like leisurely jaunt through the first game, unlike our stream earlier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just me getting salty at how frustrating the first game is. It's yeah, yeah. You know what? Let's let's dive in starting from there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I'm sure this is a lot of information people know, but like just the basic stuff is released in 1991, June 23rd, which is why coming up soon, uh, we will be doing a, uh, charity stream for Sonic's birthday. Uh, so came out in June 1991 for the Sega Genesis and was the Genesis called something else in Japan or is that the one that had the same name? Only in America. It's called the Genesis everywhere else. It's the Mega Drive. Okay. That's what I thought. I, I always get them the... My brain remembers more of the NES like names, name changes than it does the uh, the Sega system changes. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I should so, just clarify only in North America. It's the Genesis yeah. everywhere else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so came for the Genesis 1991. And then the I forget it, again, my it's not that I don't know this stuff. It's that I have a terrible memory. Is Yuji Naka considered the like creator of Sonic or is he the co-creator? Well, it, it was sort of a team like right. uh, Naoto Oshima was the designer. Yuji Naka was uh, the, the programmer, I believe. Um, but there's like right, a whole right. team of designers and stuff. So like people consider Naka the father of Sonic just because like he worked on it for a long time. Um, yeah. But it's Sonic's a team effort. That's why it's yeah, Sonic well, I mean, team. Uh, yeah. And I think, too, like when. I know the story is that like one of the designers went to New York with a bunch of designs and just hung out in Central Park and like bothered civilians with <laughs> with drawings of mascots. <laughs> like, hey, which one do you like better, American sir or madam? Yeah, yeah Sonic's design <laughs> came from an internal contest at Sega. And I actually have some of the drawings of some of the other designs. Oh, yeah, you have your uh, the, the Art of Sonic book open. Yeah, I have a big book called it's just called Sonic the Hedgehog. It's by let me look at the publisher. I don't want to get this wrong. So hold with me for a second. Isn't it usually Dark Horse? It's not Dark Horse. Cook oh. and Becker. OK, 
So it's a big book. The cover is like it's blue with the yellow ring and it has this scribbly sketch of Sonic and like a crouch stance on it. This is a fantastic book. Anybody should pick this up if you like Sonic, because there's a lot of um, it, it, I think it goes all the way to Lost World or Forces. I can't rem- it might it might even be Team Sonic Racing. Let me double check. And it, it's like a. Well, like it, it, interviews and stuff about the not history. really interview. OK, yeah, it goes up to just before the release of Team Sonic Racing because it shows like the promo art for it, but no design stuff. It's all mm. design um, uh, uh, artwork, like concepts and sketches and then little excerpts from the staff of like, here's where this came from. Like one of the things I saw was the concept of rings was because they wanted you to know you were going in the right direction and gathering up a bunch of rings gave you satisfaction. So they consider them like breadcrumbs left behind to follow, to know you're going the right way. I mean, yeah, when we were playing the first one on stream, there was literally a part where it's an arrow pointing which direction to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Putting this book away. It's a big book, so like I, I'm struggling around trying to move it. Um, Carrying around a big old encyclopedia. Oh yeah, it's like the fucking, it's like the de rules from the Fairly Odd Parents, you know. <laughs> um, um, here you go. I'm sending you two sketches right now. Of I'm sending them to your 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 personal. Uh, okay. But I should send them to the other one, anyways. Yeah, yeah, the, I I know that's where it started. It starts with like, I mean, in general, it starts with the mascot, right? That's the first step to like. Oh, my God, were these last two ones real? Yes, <laughs> the Elvis bird and the uh, I don't even know what this other one. Is. <laughs> yes, they, they were real. They um they don't say who they were by, but there's like a he looks like a like a mascot wolf for like a baseball team. Yeah, he's got a weird jacket. And then there's a bird that looks like, like he's dressed like evil jacket. I can't tell. Yeah, they're not great designs. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> I mean, they're they're they're, they're like if someone if I scrolled past one of these on Twitter and be like, hell yeah, cool art. If I was playing this as a game character, I'd be like, oh, this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, the most appealing design, like aside from Sonic himself, is the bunny. Yeah. It's the same vibe as like Alfred Chicken or Radical Rex. Yeah, <laughs> Alfred Chicken is a perfect comparison. Yeah, it's like it's like, oh, boy, you were trying to make a mascot and you just <laughs> didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the it, this is off the top of my head and I will scroll through the Wikipedia to like make sure I'm not uh, spouting nonsense out of my ass. But I know it starts with the mascot because obviously Nintendo has Mario and they're starting to like move forward with like, OK, Nintendo equals Mario and they need Sega just needs a mascot like because they had Alex Kidd and he wasn't exactly doing well. Yeah, uh, because he's just some kid. Uh, (laughs) And uh, so they want to make like a character also that's like. Like like the original thesis of Sonic is to be the cool opposite of Mario. Yeah, because because the creators of Sonic, I think specifically Yuji Naka. Um, when he would play Super Mario Bros, he would try to beat the level as fast as he could. And that's yeah. where the inspiration for Sonic came from. Yeah. And also, like, I, I think I, again, this is where I might be uh, talking. Uh, it just it might make might be making this up. But I believe they were like actually saying, like, we need a character like because like we need a mascot. But Mario's not cool. He's just a plumber. 
what if we like made a specifically cool mascot and then that's where like the designs come from and like the contest and bringing these designs to New York and be like, what are what's the American appeal? Because it was was Sonic one a international effort was or was Sonic two the one that Sonic one was developed in Japan. Sonic two was developed in America. Okay, yeah, but but the first one had like has so much American pop culture infused into the creation of it. Yeah, like like Sonic's design. We've talked about this before. Um, his red and white shoes with the buckles on them. They're based on Michael Jackson's shoes from, I think, Bad. Um, yes. The red and white is based on Santa Claus, a very American icon. And Sonic's personality was inspired by Bill Clinton. So he's, like, <laughs> yep. he's specifically f- designed for the Western market. Yeah. And uh, hold on. There's also wait, hold on. Was the when did development start? Is in the in the eighties? Hold on, that's like when did the actual game development start? In nineties, okay. Because there's an artist named uh, Aizen Suzuki, uh, whose uh, artwork is, like that's the base of the color mechanics of the or sign of the color mechanics, the color schemes of uh, the um, of the level design. Oh yeah, yeah, and. The artwork is very Americana. It's a Japanese artist. Oh boy, it says it's too powerful. Hold on, <laughs> the files it's are too, too powerful. Big. Yeah, uh, I had to do like a screenshot and then just link to it later to get the actual image. Um, it's it's stuff like this. Come on, there you go. It's loading. Oh, there I go. I guess I can just uh, send the link and it'll do it on Discord. Um, okay, yeah. I'm seeing it. Yeah, this is uh, Aizen Suzuki. This is where the inspiration for the uh, all of the games like level coloring comes from. This huh. poppy, really like stark contrasting. Like, here's another really good one. It, yeah, um, it's, oh, my God, I'm seeing it more in that second one. It feels like these are like wallpapers in a retro South Jersey diner. <laughs> yeah exactly they have such a like oh this is like a japanese artist like taking what we'd have in like american pop art and yes. really like running away with it it's um, very it's very uh california yeah i was gonna say like this is the kind of thing like if you grew up in california you would see this stuff uh in hotel rooms and like uh this kind of stuff too i feel like you'd see it like downtown disney kind of it's it's it is very just like really cool poppy american art john can i send you something real quick yeah go for it this is these are photos of the diner in my hometown you'll see exactly why i went straight to south jersey diner (laughs) uh i like the thing i like about this too is the geometric shapes you see in these that's like what sonic ended up using a lot of too yeah, it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> you, you love a car in a diner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all like this. This art just reminded me of that diner that I would go to back home. But yeah, yeah. I like the, the first picture you sent with the old style car out front. I was like struggling to see, but especially the one that says poly six with the guitars. That is especially that looks like it's pulled straight from Sonic the screensaver. Oh, he actually sells prints. Like currently to this day, which might actually be a nice thing to buy because it's yeah. Sonic related. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, here's the one I was going to say. This is this one is called uh, Emerald Shake, uh, and it feels very Sonic-y. It feels like uh, almost OVA-ish. Yes, yeah, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. I never knew this. Uh, Thank you for showing me this artist. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of the things that I remember like it suddenly came to me when I when when I was thinking about like, oh, wasn't there like a pop artist that it was based off of? Because uh, you're talking about the colors uh, and the shoes and stuff I'm like, oh, I remember this. Uh, and it's a really cool. I really love how it like. I really love the way that these shapes are designed or are, are, are like determined with the shading and the lighting by this artist. Yeah, it's um, like the the shading itself is outlined. I think that's very neat. Yeah. So they have the design contest. Uh, one of them is the rabbit, like we were talking about, who would, would, did he have a name? I uh, don't maybe, but I don't think so. Yeah, um, but he was a rabbit and the, the, the idea was going to be that he could grab stuff with his with his ears. And he yes. basically looks like I don't want to say he looks like Mickey Mouse because he's actually like very in a very good way, not just like a copy and paste of, of Mickey Mouse. But same energy, you know, yeah, like he's same clearly vibe. influenced by like Felix the Cat and those kinds of rubber hose characters. Yeah, um, but distinct as well. Like that's always something I liked about uh, the like the old Sonic art design mm -hmm. where it's like you can see the influence, but it never feels like it's copy and paste. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then they decide on the hedgehog, uh, which was Naoto Oshima's design, right? Well, the the bunny was Naoto Oshima's design, and then they, yes. they took the bunny and kept working with it, and they were like, okay, instead of grabbing with ears, what if they could roll into a ball and build speed and they were like what yes. animal rolls into a ball a hedgehog yeah yeah, yeah. um and then they have this one the one that you sent as well i really like this one with the loose spikes everywhere yeah the these early sketches of sonic where his spikes were a lot looser i like those a lot there's one photo let me send it to you real quick this was back when he yeah. was known just as mr hedgehog which people think his name was in, supposed to be in English, uh, Mr. Hari Nezumi, which is Japanese for hedgehog. That's not true. His name was never Mr. Hari Nezumi. It was always Mr. Hedgehog. <laughs> um, uh, here, this this one is one of my we, favorite drawings of classic Sonic. Do we? Oh, that's cool. It's like him hunched over in like a like a get ready pose, and it says coming soon. It's very good. It's like I I um I still think, you know, I, I like Sonic's uh more modern design, but like god, I wish they stuck with the spikes being so big that they actually like work as like cuz like when you look at a hedgehog obviously, it's like its legs and body are kind of one. Yeah. And this kind of this kind of bridges the gap between the anthropomorphic and real hedgehog of like, oh, the spikes go all the way back, which is how he like rolls into them. You know, Yeah, I completely agree. I like classic Sonic much more when there's no separation of the head and the yeah. body. Yeah. And I think that's an even better middle ground. But like this looks sick. This is like Super Saiyan 3 Goku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very good drawing. I've always liked this one yeah. a lot. Um, um, I have a couple other um, sketches. Let me. But uh, yeah, so like. They they're coming up with this this design and it, it, it's all about like even from the beginning, like it's about, OK, Mario. But what if it was faster? And also, why don't we add the mechanic of you can roll up into a ball? You know, like it it's just throwing something into because this is going to sound like this is going to sound like insulting, I guess, in a certain sense. But it's like Sonic has always been about like taking what Mario does, you know, doing what Nintendo don't uh, and like putting like 
Sonic and Sonic One and the first like Mario Brothers platformer are roughly the same, and the major difference is that it's more of a pinball like fast paced design, and you're adding in the mechanic of like instead of jumping on top of enemies, you can also hit them from the bottom and the side using the ball attack. Mm-hmm. So it, it, and kind of moving forward, you know, Sonic has always been like more not copying but like building upon what Mario does first. Uh, and I think the first game still kind of hits that, even if it, you know, um, has some uh, very rough parts. It's very it. it's it's very much a it's designed a lot like Mario, but the gameplay itself is not meant to be played as such. So it's a, it's it's very yeah. mixed. I also love that we got Vector before we got any other Chaotix member. Yes, we we. So I sent Sean some concept off. sketches. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He's jacked. Um, there, there are some very early designs of Sonic where like he was originally supposed to be in a band and they reused the one bird character as like the guitarist and Vector was the keyboard artist. There's one drawing where it's him surrounded by what looks like villains from like Dr. Mario and there's an Eggman who is colored like, like a bumblebee. Yeah. It's very strange. <laughs> this would not have done well. This is a little too yeah. weird. It feels um, like a little Homestar runnery. Uh, well, I think I think part of it is that um, a big inspiration for Sonic and one of the earliest things Yuji Naka worked on was a port of uh, Ghosts and Goblins. So I feel right. like that inspiration sort of comes through in that specific drawing. It's really weird. Yeah. But um, uh, I there also, was also love that uh, when we when we did an art, the Archie stuff like the Ian Flynn Archie episode, I think we pointed out that these band members make it into Mina Mongoose's band. Yes. Uh, in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, there's also Madonna. Sonic was supposed to have a human girlfriend named Madonna. And like there's a drawing of Madonna thinking about Sonic and he has kissy marks all over his face and he's mad about it. Like I do love her design. Like it is oh, it's very, a very good design. It's yeah. a very good. <laughs> um, I, I do sort of wish that like sort of the way that Mar- Mario brought back Pauline and like redesigned that character. I kind of wish they did the same with Madonna. Yeah, like a like a, don't a, make her she, Sonic's girlfriend, but like she should run the casino. She looks like a casino <laughs> like yeah, owner. You know, what? you know what? That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to see them bring night. back Madonna. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then we have Eggman, who's based on. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Uh, you Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You got it. I, uh, he's based on Roosevelt. Yeah, and he, he also feels like. No, he is not FDR. But, um, <laughs> he feels like how basically every Miyazaki or every Ghibli movie has that character with the big mustache. Like you think yeah. of the spider guy from Spirited Away. Yeah. Long, um, smooth uh, Eggman. Yes. <laughs> I love that drawing of him in pajamas holding a little pillow. I love it because it looks like Sonic, like, like you're the perspective of Sonic running into his base at night. And he's like, oh, uh, (laughs) uh, hey, man, (laughs) can we Uh, like do this in the morning? (laughs) I was going to get a drink from the fridge. You want something? (laughs) But yeah, Eggman was also another design that was submitted for a, a mascot, and then they reworked him into the villain against Sonic. Yeah, because he was supposed to be the the main character. Which oh, I also noticed oh he has the uh, the Egg Robo Walker, like almost like a precursor to what we got in Sonic Adventure Two. Oh yeah, fair. Yeah, uh, I also like so he's supposed to be the Walrus, right? And that's where the mustache comes from. But I then think the, the mustache, and then the uh, the little stripes yeah, on his the cape is supposed to be the the teeth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
But I don't think that was always a cape. I feel like that's a more recent design choice. No, it was a cape back then. Okay, okay, because it's not shown on some of these designs. Like it, like sticks to the back really hard. Yeah, no, nah, it, it it was a cape. I think way back then too. Right when he runs, right, you see it like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love classic Eggman. I think classic oh, Eggman, Eggman is one of the few ones I like better than the later designs. I like classic Eggman when he talks and all you see is the mustache move, not his mouth. Yeah, like yeah. It does in the, uh, <laughs> and then he does the, the big smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like Eggman like when, like, for example, his animation in Generations where like he talks and has like a full mouth and stuff. I love it yeah. in, in the OVA when it's just like the, the little bushel of mustache just moves up and down as he talks. It's so good. I also love this drawing of him because he's like frolicking and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, because this is him. This is I got like with the frolicking. I'm like imagining the land of chocolate Homer. sequence. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> uh, or like this is him like. This is what he's imagining after he defeats that hedgehog, you know? <laughs> yeah, like Eggman, Eggman doesn't really uh, appear enough in the game to get like a very good grasp on his personality. But you can tell he like, away. yeah, he, you can tell like he loves being evil. But I think his personality also comes through in his robot designs because they're all like super cartoony, brightly colored animals with big googly eyes. So you can tell he's like he's a silly guy. He's a silly guy. Well, it's like. <laughs> It's funny how much uh, Eggman just wants to be Walt Disney. (laughs) There's like six different games where he references making Eggman land and then he makes Eggman land and he's just like, Sonic, get the fuck out of here. I'm just making a theme park. Like, yeah, he's running the wisp, but like the whole thing is just like, don't worry. Like, I just wanted to make a theme park this time. (laughs) Like, yeah, like I love in the fourth issue of Imposter Syndrome when it's the flashback of Starline talk with Eggman. He's like, why is it always theme parks? And Eggman's just like, I like theme parks. Like, that's yeah. it. He, just, <laughs> he likes theme parks. And if he wants his his worst enemies to die having fun in a theme park, then by God, he'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like. Again, the whole wisp thing is like that. It's it's exploiting the natives of the land. That's not anything outside of what Disneyland has already done. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, (laughs) weird tangent. Um, So yeah, there the the game's like basic principles or like the thesis statement of making Sonic is he has to be like this cool mascot for Sega. He has to be like a more fast paced like. Again, kind of the even though Nintendo of Japan or sorry, Sega of Japan was like not about like punching down or like, you know, attacking uh, Nintendo in ads, their philosophy was still does what Nintendo don't, you know? Oh, my God. Like we could do a whole episode. In fact, I wanted to bring this up to you. I wanted to do a whole episode about Sonic commercials because there are so many commercials. Yes. From the past where it's just like Sega and Nintendo like tearing each other apart like two cats in a burlap sack like just absolutely attacking each other well i i've wanted to do one on commercials but i think like the better broader topic where we can cover a lot more is sega marketing that makes sense Uh, like especially american sega marketing during like the 90s because like that's obviously that's what console pardon me that's what console wars is about and like, it's just so fascinating, like how insane it was. You just like, yeah, we're going to put out this ad of a person screaming at you with Sonic 2 footage. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's because like uh, I, I highly recommend people watch the um, 
Vinny Vinesauce occasionally does streams where he goes through classic game commercials. I highly recommend people go and look at those because it's very interesting to see how much the video game industry, especially the marketing of it, has changed. Where like the 90s, it was like play it loud, where it was like people just screaming at each other and like high octane being obnoxious. And then in the 2000s, it's like they switched it out to make it like the people were as bored as possible. Like, do you remember? Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you remember the commercials yeah. where it's like weird avant garde, like art, artsy fartsy stuff? And then it's like Luigi's Mansion available on GameCube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, like advertising, I think is pro- like it, when the aliens find our ravaged apocalyptic world. They're going to find advertising on hard drives and be like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> Why is this person spilling popcorn? It's so easily avoidable. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but yeah, I, the um, I, I think that was still a philosophy still was like, you know, they're doing what they don't. And if you look at like a lot of like games outside of Sonic in that time, they were green lighting just a lot of like games as art uh, way before we were having the conversation of like our video games art because it took a long time in our society to actually have that conversation because a lot of scared parents were like no it's gonna ruin the children uh they're still like that are you kidding still like that oh my god uh but like it was much more of like a satanic panic type uh endemic i guess is endemic the word where it's uh where it's a, like a panic anyway uh people were like 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 I feel like Sega was greenlighting projects with the philosophy of we can make games art. Way earlier than that conversation was being had. It was also like Sega had such an attitude just to set it apart from the other companies. So like they would like I remember seeing commercials for uh, the the game gear that were just assaulting the Game Boy like Game Boys don't have any colors. Why would you spend your time playing something with no colors yeah. when you can play a Game Gear? It's like, oh, well, because the Game Boy doesn't eat car- eat, eat batteries like a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah, it's like I had a Game Gear as a kid. That thing, that thing was a monster. <laughs> they fly out when they're done like shotgun shells. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen that guy who reloads things like uh, first person shooter? Yes, uh, yes of course I have. <laughs> It's exactly like that. Like the batteries <laughs> fly out after two seconds. And they bonk you on the head for buying it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, well, where, what should we talk about next? Like, I think, do we talk about like just straight up gameplay or do we talk about like the design? Because I think it's, we should talk about like the whole like, um, uh, what is it? The, like the pinball thing. Like that was huge with the level design. They literally like, brought out graph paper and designed everything like this, like well, the pinball was like the starting point. But then like the I remember like learning about how they designed the levels and they like literally had like 10 sheets of graph paper up on a wall and were like drawing them out meticulously. Like we want to make sure that there's like 10 different ways to go. That was a big focus. I know. Let's talk about the story. So Dr. Eggman <laughs> is a bad guy and he's looking for South Island, which floats through the ocean and it's where Sonic lives. So Sonic sees Dr. Eggman is up to no good, turning his friends into robots and he goes to stop mm-hmm. him. OK, let's move on to the gameplay. Uh, 
So I actually have some designs, um, some concept just art. Just gonna blaze of, past that. <laughs> I have some concept art of the level designs. Yes, that's the that's the shit that always like fascinates me. I would love. I'm sure somebody has. I know somebody's uh, trying to make it in uh, Lego Designer, uh, like the full first level of Sonic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll bring it up in a second if I can find it. Um, yeah, look at that. It's so cool. Like, it, it looks like a children's book, which is also part of the what is it? The the story something the story. Uh, oh, my God. Is Bible? It sto- no, not story Bible. It's uh, a story like Genshin or something like that, where like the stories that like Sonic the Hedgehog is a series of children's book based off of like a dead pilot. Oh, yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah. Gaiden. You story Gaiden. Where did Genshin come from? Uh, Genshin Impact. <laughs> yes. Um, I love these with the clouds, too. Yeah, they're, like they're, the, they're very the good. These mountain tops. Yeah, this is so cool. I want to play this game, <laughs> not the <laughs> one I was playing. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I mean, I uh, for all, for, for as frustrating as the first game is, like, the actual design principles going into it are very solid. Yeah, here are some extras. Um, they just dream too big, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> here are some extra uh, documents. So the first one, where it's like all the little doodles where he's just a circle with some spikes. <gasps> That's where that Sonic originates? I didn't yes, know it was these, that early on. These are in the Japanese manual. These are oh Japanese exclusive. Um, but these were sh- little doodles to show how the game worked. So like they're just oh these God. little tiny doodles. Seeing him fall from behind is so like dark (laughs) you see that drawing right yes i do (laughs) oh my god it's just like holy shit sonic are you okay there's a little sketch of him falling with his eyes bugging out so it seems like they really wanted to go more cartoony initially yeah yeah, Uh, they they, they put so much work into his personality that only comes through in just a few sprites and it's it's fantastic it's what made the character so big yeah, it the, the, definitely the sprite design is something that stands out like against other games. <laughs> I love the one where like the spikes are about to hit him or whatever, and his eyeballs are just like, oh, God, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have to screen cap it. Hold on. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I love it. Like they really got his personality down in these little doodles. And then it translates into his animations where like he'll get impatient with you if you're not playing, if you're not touching the controller for a couple seconds. Again, the attitude. So big. Yeah. Like he he has like the little like teetering animations when he's on the edge of a block. Um, I like there's a little thing where if he's going fast and you press back to make him skid, he'll look at the camera like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, buddy, come on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I want to go fast. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, there's so much like great ideas and it's like, I would love if somebody turned this art style into a comic book and based like (laughs) made the first game story into like a short little comic. Mm -hmm. It's very cute. Yeah. Uh, and they really had Sonic's like full 3d shape planned out too. in that one. Yeah. Cause they, they made a, uh, a maquette. So like they made like a clay 3d model to understand how he works in a 3d perspective. Um, yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find, hold on. Let's see here. Do we talk about the Sonic Bible or is that something we say for another episode? I think we've talked a bit about it. Yeah. I think it's worth its own episode though. Mm hmm. 
Uh, let's see. Yeah, no, I can't find it. I remember there was like, I don't know if they ever shared the art, but there is that like story that they had like graph paper throw it like all up to um, figure out his design. Yeah. Is this so, from like the very first game? No, this is like more recent. It's it's a more recent style guide for uh, Sonic's turnaround. So like this is used specifically in marketing. It wasn't really used for game design. Oh, OK, but it's a good it's those. a good analysis of like how his character works in 3D. Yeah. Um, I wish I could find that person who's rebuilding entirely in Lego. I, I bring it up because I uh, I really kind of want to see Sonic designs given like miniatures. Yeah. Not just like the Lego set. Like I love miniatures. Like it's one of those like ADHD hyper fixations that like really gets me. I just love seeing like detail made to a small. It's why I love like some parts of Disneyland cues and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I just love like the craftsmanship of it. So I would really like I would buy the hell out of like you can choose a Sonic level and you can get a full miniature stamp like thing of it. And it's in the, like a beautiful case and stuff like that. It'd be, It'd so be cool. pretty big because those levels are extensive, but I understand they're very tall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're tall and they're wide because there's so many different paths. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can find it. Uh, no, I cannot. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's just really cool. It's 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 all very cool, like concepts being put into it. And then the gameplay. Well, the gameplay isn't uh, <laughs> isn't all it's cracked up to be. Uh, but the first level's fun. Green Hill Zone is very fun. Uh, we were talking Green about this Hill version. Zone. I think we talked about it before, where it's like everyone loves that game because they play Green Hill Zone and stop. Yep. <laughs> no, it's true. That. Uh, yeah. Why don't you? I feel like you might have more thoughts about the gameplay. All right. Um. So this one, Sonic One and Sonic Two, were the first games I really played as a kid, and obviously, I never got anywhere in Sonic One. Um. Like it, it took me very long to even get through Marble Zone. Uh, because it's just it's. I think I think the game is poorly designed. Uh, aside from Green Hill Zone, I think Green Hill Zone is an excellent first level, but then the rest of the levels don't give you the promise that Green Hill sort of gave you. Um, where yeah. Green Hill is very built around slopes and momentum and loop de loops, where like the whole ba a lot of people miss this surprisingly, but the whole basis of classic Sonic is when you're going on a a a ramp down or up, press down to roll into a ball as you're running, and Sonic will roll into a ball and build that momentum to go faster and higher if it's a a yeah. upward incline. Um, a lot of people don't do that and they're like, why is the game so slow? It's because you're not playing it correctly. Um, but the problem is Green Hill Zone is built around that. The rest of the game, aside from parts of Starlight Zone, are not. The rest of the game is very just like solve a puzzle and wait, or, like jump on these yeah. vertical blocks that are very poorly. In that placed. sense, it's almost more like Zelda than it is Mario. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I was having such a frustrating time. Like I was like, oh, Green Hill Zone. Yeah, this is fun. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, yep. <laughs> it's uh, it's a real it's a real downer after the high of Green Hill Zone. Yeah, this is why Sonic 1 is one of my least favorite of the franchise. Like it's a good start to build off of. But why would you play this game when Sonic 2 and especially Sonic 3 and Knuckles are right there? Yeah, it. And nothing like wrong about it. Like Sego, again, they were breaking a lot of ground and a lot of people like 
like again they were they didn't know sonic has always been like that i think in general like from the very start because as we're talking about here that they had they have an idea get a little too big for their britches make a subpar version of it and then, then in the next game whatever the idea they were working on before is super improved upon and like meshes together with their entire like gameplay sometimes because as of recently every new game they're they're they abandon what they did last yes, time yeah. <laughs> every new game they're reinventing the wheel when like i i've said before i like when sonic experiments because i it it keeps things fresh but, but it should be adding on versus rebuilding. Yes, it should be adding on. And also you should have a foundation that you're constantly like. Like exactly. returning to basically like. Uh, it's it's hard to think of it of a a. Franchise that really does it, but like, I don't know, it's it should be pretty. I don't know where I'm going with that. My my thought just left because I smelled something weird. Uh, <laughs> You saying the uh, the train of thought left the station? Yes. Uh, if, you play, if you're playing it, I can't hear it. No, I, I forgot to get it open. Uh, uh, no trains are currently in service. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It sucks yeah. because I've been on medication. It should be working. But um. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that was annoying. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about. We were. I was saying how. Um, Sorry, we, we hit a bit of a snafu while recording, so that this is probably weird to like cut back into. But uh, uh, we're good now. I was talking about how yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see Sonic um, experiment more, but I also want it to have a consistent foundation to build upon. Yeah, 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 I agree. Um, and I think like you see that up until about like, I don't know, 06 after 06, like, I mean, that's usually the that's the biggest where the biggest change start happening, which a they start throwing more stuff at the wall to build upon. But it's also slowly the decline of like or slowly declining into we have to just do things this way or else things are going to go bad, like a lot less experimenting. And I think we were starting to get back out there. But now, like not to get into it too crazy, but like Frontiers is going a little nuts with his experimentation. Yeah, basically to just make it short, like so it's it. it all the way up until 06, it, bu- it built upon the adventure formula pretty well. And then mm-hmm. um, the only even re- Unleashed too. Yeah. yeah, the only real wrench was Sonic Heroes, like having the, the triple team. Um, then you go back to 06, where it's a little more adventure feeling. And you go to Unleashed, where it's like, remember those fast stages in adventure? You can do that anytime with the press of the button. And then it's uh, Colors, where it's like, okay, we're going to add these little uh, items. Then it's Lost World, where it's like, hey, we're going to complete. No, it was Generations, where it was like, all right, we're going to go back to the um, 06 for or the the Unleashed formula. And Lost World is, okay, now we're going to completely reinvent it and make it more like Mario Galaxy. Then Forces is, all right, we're going to go back and add in a new character. And then Frontiers is, it's like, I want them to have something consistent that they build upon. Like the perfect example is Sonic 1 and Sonic 2. Yeah, it should be something they're taking pieces off of or putting new pieces onto. Not n- guess we got to start yeah. over because Boom was like that too. Yeah, like Boom was a different studio. It wasn't. It wasn't Sonic Team. So I sort of forgive. Yeah, that. But, but it's not even they, they didn't even use other games as yeah. a base. But like, 
And yeah, not to make this all about Sonic Frontiers, because we want to uh, we want to I guess we should say that now it's like we want to save that for when we're doing the charity stream, because that'll be like our bonus episode of just talking about Sonic Frontiers and all the news and stuff like that, because there'll be more by the yeah, end of it. That may also- um, yeah, it's just kind of it's so weird to see them like look like they're just making it looks like they're just making what they couldn't make in Boom in 06 for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait to see more. Which I mean, like we can yeah. judge it based on what's shown because that's why they're showing it to us to be judged upon. But uh, I certainly think they're hiding things. So I almost feel like I can't yeah. make a full. I can say what I think about what's shown, but since what's shown isn't the full picture, I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, back to Sonic One. Yeah, <laughs> back to the beginning. Um, yeah, I. Uh, I, I again, I don't think I hate this game. It was definitely making me very frustrated while we were playing it uh, on stream. But like, I think it has a lot to offer in terms of like level design and artistic design and like pop art uh, integration and like uh, like real just like personality. The game, not just Sonic, the whole game has personality. Like, yes, the little badniks just have little eyeballs. They're like, oh, we're angry now. We see you, but we're googly when we don't <laughs> see you like it. It's a bunch of little touches that like, oh, a lot of detail and heart was put into this game. I think it just needed some more playtesting. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of like, I don't know if it was intentional, but like you start in this very nature-y um, world of Green Hill Zone. And as you play through, it gets more and more robotic up until you're in Scrap Brain Zone and it's just metal everywhere. Yeah. Um, I like that. Uh, One thing I don't like when I was replaying it myself is Scrap Brain Zone Act 1 and 2 are just like regular stages. And then Act 3, they trick you and send you into another labyrinth zone. And I'm like, oh, you asshole. We had water stages like three worlds ago. You can't dump me into this again. (laughs) (laughs) I would personally like to talk to uh, Mr. Sega uh, (laughs) and uh, grab him by the collar and be like, hey. Yeah, like like uh, we talked about this when you were when you were playing Labyrinth Zone, but like most classic Sonic games, they if it's a water level, they give you a path that you can reach that lets you totally avoid the water because Chemical Plant Zone does that. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, aquatic Ruin Zone in Sonic Three and Knuckles does that. But yeah, I don't know. Like they they didn't do it with this one, so you got to trudge through the water, and it's so annoying. Yeah, I was talking about too, where it's like the. The majority of the water levels or, or, or levels with water is a being underwater when like they establish being underwater sucks. You want to work your way out of it in the second game. So it's like, OK, then in the third game, you admit it was stupid to make that the majority of these levels. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a kid, I think I never knew how to get past like whenever I like would play classic Sonic, you know, because I was like. You, where why why do i keep running out of air because <laughs> i didn't know you could find the bubbles i see and like there's not really anything that tells you that technically yeah yeah Did the old game like manual say it uh i i wouldn't know i don't have the old game manual on my hands i can see if i can find it sonic yeah manual yeah here we go sonic retro has it let's let's check it out mega drive US. all right let's see 
Dr. Ivo Robotnik, the mad scientist, is snatching innocent animals and turning them into evil robots. Only one tough dude can put an end to the demented scientist's fiendish They call the checkpoints lampposts in this. Yeah, they're they're lampposts. I always thought they were just like checkpoints and it doesn't matter what they look like, though. Like, I thought they were just looking. Here's something. (laughs) It's Sonic, the real cool hedgehog with the spiked haircut. That's his hair? I thought it was just like him. <laughs> Spin through loops. Oh, Spin through yeah. space. Loop till you're dizzy. Save the animals and become the superhero. Be Sonic. Yeah. Be Atomic. No. Number four, Labyrinth Zone. Explore an intricate maze filled with water. A countdown begins to let you know when you're running out of oxygen. Breathing in air bubbles keeps you from drowning. And the picture is Sonic above the little bubbles. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, good. Because I was going to be like, if I was a kid and they didn't fucking tell me this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this I was would the, be so upset. This was the time when you would look through. Oh, we didn't talk about the special stages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. So when we were playing, we were like, we saw these little guys that like roll behind you and you thought they were chickens. Yes. And they're the armadillo little, clings. Yeah. Look at how like, like freaked out this little drawing looks. I know. Here, I'll <laughs> send you like, some sketches like I have he, of the bad like He's so fast, I can't, I can't catch up to him, he's just so fast. <laughs> now, to, to me, he's like, better back the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Here's uh, of the, the bad nicks. And we have Grounder. Um, oh, I love these. I love these so much. There's yeah. so much character in all of them. They're so cute. Like, Again, like not to like make it about, oh, Mario versus Sonic, but it's kind of relevant when we're talking about the first game. Like, God, these are have so much more personality than Goombas and, Ko- and Koopa Troopers. Like <laughs> because, uh, part of it, like, is that the robots, obviously, but like part like it's also just like the eyes and the like they all have unique shapes all still looking like the animal. They're supposed to look like which one's your favorite? Um, I mean, the 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 ladybug one has always been a favorite, mm-hmm. um, but I, I am falling in love with this roller armadillo guy. <laughs> See, I always thought he was a chicken because I always saw like the 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 beak in front and then the two things on top. I never saw them long enough because I would always run away from them. But I always thought the two little horns on top were like the little chicken like fringe on top. I, I love know. the little simple art design next to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the little chibi guys like my I love the Buzz Bomber one. Yes, my favorites are the Moto Bug and the Chameleon. I love the Chameleon's goofy grin. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm having a good time. I'd say top three are the 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 bug, uh, the armadillo and the chameleon for me. <laughs> um, God, these are so great. I, I could look at these all day. Um, but uh, I love that the little driller has a little hat. <laughs> yes, he's, he's, like, he's got a little hard hat. He's going to work. Uh, the um, oh, my God, they have like a score book. You could write your score down in. Oh, my God. Yeah. Back Classic. when the manuals were actually used. For yeah. Something, when they existed. <gasps> we could also it also has an advertisement for Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. They had a Mickey Mouse game on the Genesis. It was with him and. Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, 
Yeah, th- there's so much character to this first game. Like for whatever, y- honestly, that's a thing you could talk about with Sonic a lot, which is like for every like flaw there is to like a Sonic game, like there's so much heart and character put into so many other elements. Like there's always something re- redeemable about a-, a Sonic game. Yeah. Not just like, and they're not just talking about the later games that everyone says are bad. Like it's like, no, even the first game, which is frustrating and hard to play, has like so much to it to like unpack that's so great and like silly and goofy and beautiful. It's why the series was so successful. Like they, yeah, they and, knew this was a success and they, after it came out they packed it with every Genesis. Yeah, it's what it, Sonic is like we 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 need to talk about that. Sonic is what made the Genesis outsell Nintendo yeah. in America. I think I think that only happened in America, not in Japan. Probably. Yeah, and and so like that also the before Sonic comes in, I just do want to talk about this real quick. Like the reason why the Sonic Bible exists is because there was a rivalry between Sega of America and Sega Japan because Sega of America was much more successful than Sega Japan because they used American marketing tactics, which was like saying the, com- the competitor isn't as good or being more aggressive and, and like weird and creative where like the uh, Sega of Japan's marketing was like a little bit more um, reserved. And so as a result, Sega of America was doing better. So when Sonic came out there, they didn't give them like the character information. So they had to make up their own bullshit about Sonic. (laughs) He's a hedgehog from Nebraska who eats trash. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, so it it makes him outsell Sega, which is like insane to think about. Or sorry, uh, Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah, which is insane to think about because Nintendo is still like the biggest game company. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's the animation. I love that one frame of him where he's you can see too much of his muzzle. Oh, he's like he's like smiling. He's, his head <laughs> yeah. is up with a little smile. Yeah, that one's really cute. Yeah. The he other picture like I sent. Then, wait, go ahead. He's like he's going to he looks like he's going to attack. <laughs> <laughs> the other picture I sent is um like uh, uh information for uh game stores in Japan on how to set up their Sonic promotional standees. Yeah, it's oh, this kind of stuff fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, do like I was saying too, they knew they had a hit yeah. with it with with a character specifically. Like, oh, this is going to be a popular character, and it has more or less carried the franchise through good and bad games. Is that the character is what perseveres? We talk about this all the time. Like Sonic is more effective as a character and as a brand than he, than he is as like specifically one f- me- like medium video games. Yeah. Um, I would love to own some of these really old standees. Right. They're so I love that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, should we talk about the gameplay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we got into it a little earlier. Yeah, but like the, I mean, t- like, tell me what you think about like the gameplay. Like, what's what's the best way to sum it up for you? So when I play Sonic, um, classic Sonic specific or Sonic One specifically, um, the when I'm like running and jumping and stuff, I don't hold the B pad. I tap it because he's he's. These games are built on the pinball physics where like he just sort of like ricochets around a lot and he slides a lot. Mm-hmm. So when I'm playing, if I'm if I need to make a precise jump, I'm tapping the uh, the the D-pad. I'm not holding it in because he builds that momentum and slides all around. 
Um, he's way too fucking slippery. He's 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 pretty slippery in this. Um, uh, it's it's much easier to play when you have access to the spin dash because that was not in this game. The only way you could spin yeah. was when you were holding down on a downward incline or a decline. What is a downward incline? It's a decline. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. The gameplay, uh, I like the idea of how you get the special stages, like just have more than 50 rings and go past the goalpost and jump into the big ring. It's one of the easier forms of getting the special stage. The special stage itself is I never understood how to play it as a kid until like I started playing as an adult. And I'm like, oh, there are these little bumpers that change the direction that the stage is turning in. And you got to hit those to go the right way. What a concept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough game to get a handle on, I think. Yes. We, but also, like, I, I, I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's like games were also like meant to last longer in the sense of like you spent time learning that level for like a good few days before you could clear it as fast as possible or even just clear it to begin with, because games you like games didn't come out as frequently you know so like they i don't know if it's technically that they made them harder it's just that like there was nobody being like hey this is too hard we need to make it easier because people have other games to play like there's there's no thought process like that yeah i Um, i so classic games were built to be very hard because they wanted you to consistently rent them over and over because you get more money renting than buying over and over. Same thing Um, with like actual arcade machines too. Yeah. Um, Sonic, I feel like the difficulty can't be contributed to, to renting it over and over because it was given out with the system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's just, it, it, but I get it again. Like this, this game was like, they did a lot to like make sure so many things were perfect about this game. And I, in the sense of like, you know, the personality, the making people love a cool, like this mascot and like really hammering in like who this character is and who the, what the world is like, and just really like putting in a lot of pop art to it. And all of those things came out great. It's just that like the gameplay slipped through the cracks. Yeah. Like, like, so you said before, so much works for it, but it's the gameplay itself and the level design later on where it's like, oh, it's it's a bit of a stumble. This game really succeeded because of the character, the music and yeah. Green Hill Zone. Yeah, which, again, loose back into what I was always talking about, like like Sonic is such a powerful design and concept and personality that like his games have consistently been bad or at least perceived bad by the larger public and he still perseveres people still love him yeah i still love him i still love you sonic (laughs) i want to be his friend yeah sonic is my best friend (laughs) i want to be his friend i want to be him you know what i did too i still do (laughs) no yeah same yeah i joke i still do yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like i it's it's a fascinating game to talk about because like you know it it's a lot like how like see some sequels are better than the original like uh you know like superhero movies or like uh you know people say toy story 2 is better than toy story 1 or you know it's it's just like it's that kind of sense of like oh you 
you had a lot of really great ideas and had no idea how to package them. And then you got the first one out and then we're like, okay, we have a bit of a better idea going on here. Let's like really recontextualize everything, add something that makes things easier, you know, make this a cleaner game. Uh, and they obviously achieve that with two, but it's like, there's, there's so much creativity going on in this first game that I, like, I, I didn't even realize how much until we really started, like, getting into it. Yeah, uh, like, I'm still not a fan of the game as a whole, but obviously there's a lot of good stuff in it. Otherwise, we wouldn't have this character 31 years later. Exactly. Like, they, they did something right, clearly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, is there anything else we should talk about? Like, like what's a music? You know, what's a, yeah, I was going to say music. I like embedded in my brain is the green hill zone. Obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm like a lot of people where I haven't played past more than green hill zone. So I don't have a lot of this other music stuck in my head and video game music is hard for me to like, listen to separately. I have to like focus on it or it just turns into background music, which is technically supposed to be is supposed to be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so cool how they really use those fucking sound chips. Like, yeah, they're they're driving those things <laughs> like, it, like I love this. I love the classic Sonic soundtracks because they don't abuse or like some of some of the songs. Not at all. They don't use like the really like wow, of of the Genesis. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's hard to, it's hard to describe. Like go listen to the Aladdin Genesis soundtrack and you'll hear what I mean. Where it's just like it's stanky, for lack of a better term. <laughs> um, uh, because this was designed by this music was designed by Dreams Come True, who is a Showa era Japanese pop band. So like you can buy the soundtracks for the first two games um, in one collection, and it includes the original like demo versions of the of each song. And I especially recommend listening to the demo version of Starlight Zone because it sounds exactly like what a J-pop song of that era sounds like. Like not a specific song, but like the sound of the demo of Starlight Zone sounds a lot like just like that era of J-pop. Like it's it's. I don't know. It's what makes the soundtrack uh, so appealing is because it was made by one of the biggest pop bands at the time. I mean, yeah, again, that's kind of like that, that Sega touch of like having the, the, um, having the knowledge and sense to be like, we like, we, we can elevate this. We can take something, uh, that nobody else is doing and put it in a game. Like, I'm sure I'm blanking on so many examples right now, but other Sega games at the time were like that too, where it's just like, what is, what is everyone else not doing that could conceivably that there's conceivably a a demand for, or would make that would would make demand for more later, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, yeah, I, I I mean, now that's pretty common to have pop stars and pop bands and, and rock bands like do music for games or just license music. But that's pretty like, new at the time yeah like uh uh the the lead composer of dreams come true um masato nakamura if i remember correctly he said he composed this game uh as if it was a cinematic soundtrack so like he he put like 
themes and like actual story beats and emotions into the music where like you can especially tell in the final level where you're up against Eggman's final boss, which, by the way, is like the easiest boss in easiest final boss in any Sonic game. Um, Mm -hmm. But like you can hear it where it's not reusing the usual Eggman boss fight music. It's much more amped up. It's more cinematic. Yeah, it is. It is so goddamn cool that like cinematic approach, the cinematic approach has been part of Sonic for a long, long time. Like from the opening, like, you know, or from the beginning, like you said, like cinematic music and then into Sonic Adventure, they wanted to make like a cinematic game. Uh, you know, know, and I still and I think cinematic is still like the approach for most of the 3D Sonic games. Yeah, like the scenes for Sonic 3 Knuckles to tell a story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's just really neat. Like everyone was like clearly the clearly a formula had been established by Nintendo and other popular like arcade games and stuff like that. And Sega was literally here like, well, what's everyone not doing that we want to do that could conceivably work? That like yeah, that's so cool to me. Like like JRPGs at the time, like classic JRPGs on the NES and stuff had text-based story, but I really like in Sonic how like it's it storytelling really is only started in I would say Sonic 2 by the like ending cutscene. And then mm-hmm. in Sonic 3 and Knuckles, they build upon that where it's like there are level transitions and stuff like that to make it a big adventure. Like everything blends together instead of like, here's one level, here's another level, here's another level. It's like, oh, uh, uh, they escape this ship and use the door as a snowboard. It's like, oh, it, it it's, yeah. it's telling a story. It's blending together. Yeah, it's. It's cool shit. I love Sonic. Me too. <laughs> I love how that's like our go to like we don't know what to say any further. So we're just like, you know what? Sonic's great. Have you guys heard? Have you heard the good word of Sonic? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, what else is there to talk about? I really don't know, to be honest. We talked about gameplay. Well, I'll say real quick, the special stages themselves. Oh, wait, I already talked about those. You can cut that out. No, you know yeah. what? Leave it in. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll say my from my perspective of playing the game today earlier streaming, it's like it's still like it's not like it's not fun. You're still playing as a cool character jumping around in very colorful, very unique areas. But it's just like so much of it is waiting and like spammy, like spikes and things with hitboxes that you cannot like tell where they end. And like you inches, you you inch forward a little bit and he slips and slides around like a guy like he's fucking greasing up his feet mm-hmm. <laughs> um ooh, oh these are great i love that sonic is that that's his uh death animation <laughs> <laughs> i just sent some other uh uh drawings of classic sonic where they're like very very these are much more mickey mousey yeah they're very uh rubber hose animation yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We talked about like the final design ended up being the com- uh, the combination of uh, Felix the cat and Mickey and Mickey Mouse. Yeah, uh, which like you could definitely see in like that one like dying animation. Uh, mm-hmm. That reminds me, there's a there's a shirt that has that on there where he here. Hold on, 
it has that exact drawing i think just like touched up a little bit and it says i tried and he has all his rings falling out. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good <laughs> i was thinking about getting it there day but i'm like eh, it's fine <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i it, it's it's rough around the edges but like I, I wouldn't call it not fun it's just frustrating you know yeah. um what is this at the bottom here where he's going so fast I don't know. It's just it's like, like uh, it's it's just some scribbles, like motion blur. Yeah, interesting. I, like that's one of the things I want to talk about really quick. Like, is it is it established that he has super speed, or is it just the fact that like like the level like because obviously it comes out of the concept of like oh I want to play Mario faster, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is that it, or is Sonic supposed to actually like have the power of super speed? I know it came along later, but in this part, does he? In in this game, yeah, he's super fast. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, because it doesn't happen as often as you would like it to. No. So I was like trying to figure out, like, is that actually a thing? Oh my god, I love the design of his uh, spike ball too. That's like fully the razor spin dash from like the comics. Yeah. Looks like a uh, uh, a, a a crawler. <laughs> a what? A crawler, like a, uh, uh, it's like a donut. Hold on. Okay. I'd find it. No, or it looks like the uh, the Razor Cheerio from the Crustios. <laughs> uh, it's one of these. Hold on, I'm trying to find it. Not as gigantic photo. Oh, okay. I didn't know what these were called. Yeah, uh, one of these two that were some more sp- spirally. Yeah, <laughs> talking about controllers. Oh, I'm hungry. I want the. Yeah, I want a donut now. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it, it, it's it's just like there's so much like they forgot their own like gameplay philosophy immediately after uh, uh, um, Green Hill Zone, and I kind of think. I kind of think it's because they had more fun designing levels than they did conceiving how Sonic is supposed to traverse through them mm-hmm. is what it feels like. Because, like, if I got to look at Labyrinth Zone from far away, I'd be like, oh, shit, this looks cool as hell. Playing it is frustrating. But, like, looking at it, you know, the design wise and like the actual like when you see the 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 pulled back like sprites of everything, uh it's like the layers upon layers of this level design. Like, see, I'm sure that was probably way more fun for the game designers. And then they're just like, oh, and then just Sonic just moves through it. You know, yeah, it was, I a, think... it was a, like, a, it was, yeah, it was like a last minute thought it was like, oh, how does he actually move through this? Yeah, I think part <laughs> of it is also these classic games. Speed is your reward for playing the level well. But I think with this, it's a little too much of one, not enough of the other, where it's like speed is your reward, but you don't get it enough. Yeah, I but, you know, like playing this game as your only game as a kid, right? Like that. I get how you get good at this and still see is one of your favorites. I'm not trying to say that that's not the, the truth, but like like I totally see how trying to play this like obviously like I did it but like playing this as an adult who had not grown up playing it is like a frustrating mess it is yeah. very very hard yeah. <laughs> like it is again it is always one of those things where your favorite game you do not see how hard it is because you for you have erased the childhood memories of being frustrated with it <laughs> and uh and covered them up with nostalgia uh <laughs> um but yeah, it's it's still like it's a revolutionary game. There's no denying that. 
yeah, like we said before, this character, like what they clearly did something right with this game. This game completely changed the foundation because after this, everybody was trying to make an attitude like mascot. Yeah, th- that trend bled into like the PS1 era, yeah. like I mean, like Gex. even the PS2. Yeah, Gex and Crash Bandicoot like that, like Sonic changed how game companies were designing ga- uh, platformers. Mm-hmm. And again, like Sonic 1, like outsold Nintendo. Like that's insane to think about, especially at the time when when you thought of video games, you just thought the word Nintendo. Like you said, go play Nintendo when you drop your kid off at the arcade. You didn't know the difference if you were an adult. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, it's. It's it's a fascinating thing to look back on, but it is not the most fun to play. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you want to play it, just do just play Sonic 2. Yeah, or play a version of it with Rewind, (laughs) like spare yourself. Yeah, a version of it with Rewind, a version of it with Ring Keep, a version of it with widescreen. Don't play the original. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sonic podcast saying don't play the original Sonic (laughs) Um, versions. Yeah, yeah, there are better games and better versions of that game. Um, the second one literally being the better version of that game. Um, but yeah, it is it is um, it is what, like, learning about it and thinking about it and thinking about its, like, ripple effect throughout video game history and domino effect and all that is, like, what my researcher brain craves, where it's just like, yeah, because this one person decided to do this, the entire game industry was completely changed. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and Sonic is one of those, like, it's why I love the book Console Wars so much, because it's like, Sonic is just this little blue fucker who came in and, like, destroyed everything. <laughs> uh, and honestly, we should all be little blue fuckers who come in and destroy everything. <laughs> no gods, no masters. Be the Sonic you wish to see in the world. <laughs> exactly you you have what is the nintendo in your life and what are you doing what they nintend don't <laughs> all right i think that's all i have and uh do we want to do a blue blurb is there anything to talk about besides sonic frontiers because like i said we're gonna save that for the charity stream as a bonus episode sorry repeat that i zoned out <laughs> oh you're good <laughs> it's okay i kind of do that on and off throughout every podcast recording it's the adhd <laughs> um but I, I was literally retweeting a, a picture of Bruce Campbell from the No Context Bruce Campbell Twitter uh, while you were talking. Reggie just made a uh, a thread of their design process of their. Yeah, I saw. I'm um, looking through that. I'm sorry. I should be listening um, to you. I apologize. No, it's totally fine. I do it all the time when we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I we, I was going to say, um, do we want to do a blue bur- blurb or is it mostly Sonic Frontiers news that we can cover during the charity stream? The only two news things that I found, which I might as well bring them up, is we got some quick uh, gameplay and cutscene animation from Sonic Origins. So, like, we saw, like, a quick cutscene from the first game of, like, how Sonic meets Eggman, basically. Um, yeah. We saw the uh, remastered uh, animation from Sonic CD, which looks great. Some of the people from... Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, saw a th- I only saw it in the Twitch like recording. Was there like a full video released? Not yet. Um, but, okay. but 
the the remastering was done by Brady Hartel, who does a lot of work for Discotech Media. And yeah. Brady Hartel also had a whole a whole team and they worked with a AI that they frequently use with Discotech. So big thank you to Brady and, and their team because that animation looks better than it ever has. It looks incredible. Like they, yeah. they fixed the interlacing issue. The colors look more like the cells they fixed. So one of my biggest pet peeves with the CD intro was there's a moment where Sonic is flipping over a rock and they accidentally miss uh, numbered the cells. So they have him flipping over the rock and then accidentally a cell of him backwards that was supposed to be placed earlier and then it continues so like he glitches out for a quick second and they fixed it <laughs> oh my god interesting yeah they go discotech media goes frame by frame with their remaster and makes it as good as possible and my favorite thing about this remaster is they got the version of, uh to Toot sonic warrior lyrics i uh, say it again they got the version of to Toot sonic warrior with the lyrics uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I forgot the, the song for a second because I was thinking about the Sonic, like, just the Sonic Boom song. No, yeah, that's uh, the, uh, the North American version of the song. But oh, okay, the, yeah, I, yeah. I like the Japanese intro, which is it's actually called Sonic You Can Do Anything, but the chorus is Tutu Sonic Warriors, so most people know it by that. But that's one of my favorite Sonic songs. It's, it's such a blast. I like it way more than Sonic Boom, and I'm very happy that they got this version back because previous releases did not have it. Yeah, I, I need to... I would love to have a copy of that. Just just to dedicate a screen in my home to looping that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get one it just kind of seemed like one of those... Oh, God. Get one of those electronic picture frames that you can play a video on, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it does seem like one of those things that you'd see in like a bar at like a, like a club <laughs> that's like playing in the background. Uh, and like being projected on the on the the dance floor, the like the the second floor dance floor, you know, like <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, like you'd see it in the background of like Blade Runner, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that about does it, I think. Uh, anything else to add? Uh, are we doing um, uh, uh, dropping rings or no? No, I'm building them up for the <laughs> for the stream. Good idea. <laughs> I hope I hope that instills fear in you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to it because I had a feeling okay. I depending on prices, I feel like I kind of need to buy something from there from the charity, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I did it last time, uh, John Warren uh, had a fan bite, had a media at fan bite, uh, was actually super interested in buying the Sonic Adventure VHS of oh. like the promo. Like it yeah. was like a VHS. Yeah. It was like um, what they sent to like uh, like buyers, I think, like suppliers and stuff like that uh for like marketing just like oh this is what we're putting out does your store want to buy it like four hundred thousand copies or whatever you know um and i don't know if you actually bought it but like yeah it's it's actually like cool because there's some cool shit you can find uh but yeah i'm very excited for the stream we will uh be hammering out a schedule on that by the end of next week or beginning of the following week hopefully um yeah uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Sonic pod, uh, where we'll be posting all these pictures, uh, that we talked about during this from, uh, the book again was what just called Sonic the Hedgehog by, uh, Cook and Becker. Okay, cool. 
Uh, we'll be posting pictures from that and everything. Um, and yes, keep an eye out for the charity stream stuff. Uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, you can follow me at Sean Eight Your Son uh, on Twitter. Um, and that, and that will be also the Twitch that we're streaming that on. Uh, and uh, yeah, go ahead. Tell me where they can find you, Chris. Uh, C underscore Dobbins on Twitter. C Dobbins Art on Instagram. C Dobbins Art dot com. Um, I am currently doing work with uh, Studio NDA, but I don't know how long it'll last. Uh, right now I'm scheduled till like early July. But yeah, so that's why I really haven't done much. Well, all right. Uh, do we want to talk about some of the events we have coming up? Sure. Because this will be out on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So uh, some of the games we're planning on doing. Uh, let me see. My, let me find my list here. Give me one second. Uh, some of the games we're planning are going to be uh, Sonic Origins, because it'll be out by then, which means anything from Sonic 1 to Sonic CD. Uh, and Or sorry, Sonic Knuckle, 3 Knuckles is the chronologically the third one, uh, the fourth one, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so those four games, um, and then we're planning on doing uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, and uh, we're going to do the Grind Race uh, Grand Prix. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably just do like a best of three on that or something, or best of six or something. Uh, and then we're playing Sonic Heroes, Sonic the Fighters, uh, all Sonic Smash with friends, uh, Sonic Mania, Knuckles Chaotix. That one might have to be cut for time, but uh, Knuckles Chaotix is on the list. Um and then possibly some fan games. I won't list those because those might be cut uh, by the end. But, you know, some of the fan games that people uh, have told us about before. Um, we're also going to be trying out the crowd control Sonic stuff where the chat is controlling the game. Uh, and we will have people commenting on the disaster that will definitely be. <laughs> uh, we're doing uh, we're bringing two ones are ringing back are the prices right drop in rings uh, and uh, Sonic OC creation. Uh, and then we're also going to be doing uh, Make Sonic Original Movie Sonic Cute Challenge, uh, Curse Sonic Drawings, which one of those might just blend and become the other, or one of those might be dropped. And then uh, one I'm very excited about is Archie or Fake, listing off Sonic Archie lore to see if people can tell if it's real and what's fake. So it's like two truths and a lie set up. <laughs> yes. uh, and then, of course, we'll be probably recording an episode live about all the Sonic Frontiers uh, reaction. Um, there will be prizes as well. Uh, I have an extra copy of Sonic uh, Encyclopedia. Uh, we will be giving away uh, some uh, Sonic movie posters that we uh, I have extras of um, uh, commission as well. Um, I'm gonna get some of the some Sonic animation art uh, and uh, raffle away some of that as well. Uh, and there'll be some you know donation rewards and all that stuff. And yeah. Uh, looking forward to it. I had a blast doing it last time, and now that we're doing it like officially as the podcast, it'll uh, have a lot more goodies and stuff. Yeah, you're you you have put so much work into this. Uh, <laughs> we're we're gonna try to do it. Like I'm gonna try to go to Sean's place so we can do it in person. Um, yeah, uh, because I would love to play some games with my friend. Yeah, and uh, then when I'm terrible at it, you can t- you can actually take the controller. That's my ulterior motive. <laughs> I should just put the controller like I push it. I should put a string on the controller, and then every time I do bad, you can just literally yank it out of my hands <laughs> like a yo-yo. Just <laughs> give me that. Oh my Audible god! Yoink. Or like you start as playing and if somebody donates like $10 during the game, I have to take over. 
<laughs> I'm writing that down, actually. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> Make Sean play the game he's bad at. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, we've been going, we've been rambling. Uh, yeah, look forward to that. Uh, follow the podcast, review all that stuff. Uh, and thank you for listening. We will see you soon. See ya. See ya.